politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, to the new counter-revolution here at CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house, tanned and rested from our two-week vacation here. I've been itching to come back before you guys. We've become like a family together. Uh, We had a terrific 2021. May God give us an even better 2022. And that's really up to us. Are we going to have more 1984, Orwell, or a real 2022? That is all in our hands. But it is January 3rd, new week. Um, Honestly, I've been itching to get back in front of you. There's no way we're going to be able to go over the last two weeks. But I'll try to give you a basic state of play as to where things stand with COVID fascism, where things stand with the virus itself. What does it mean for your own personal protection and health? What does it mean for your liberty? We got a bunch of important primaries coming up. We got all the legislative sessions coming up, the most important legislative sessions of our lifetime. We got you covered here because this is not just a political show. It's full spectrum. We give you as much information on any given issue that's important. Unfortunately, the same issues that were important last year are going to certainly kick off this year, but there are other issues we'll discuss as well. Uh, we're going to give you the best advice we have on COVID from the doctors we've, we've continuously had on. We have some terrific guests coming up uh, this week and next week. Uh, in fact, I have so many of them lined up. I have to work out the schedule here. It's just it's so hard taking off for two weeks, but... Uh, uh, I know a lot of you were were getting in touch with me. Uh, we're still able to help a lot of people uh, who got the virus. Again, you could always email me, dharwitz at blazemedia.com, danielharwitz at startmail.com if you prefer uh, something more encrypted. Um, you could follow me at rmconservative on Twitter. I'm still trying to figure out where to go from Twitter, but I haven't been kicked off yet, which is pretty pretty surprising. Maybe that means I'm not doing a good enough job. <laughs> Because uh, those that were kicked off, um, they, uh, you know, they obviously were doing something right. You know, my, my first observation as we meet for the first time in 2022 is really that if you look at COVID and COVID fascism, God appears to be taking care of COVID for us. But COVID fascism, we certainly need God's countenance. But that's going to be up to us to fight back. Because ironically, the milder this virus gets and the more the vaccines don't work, and I shouldn't call them vaccines, they're bioweapons. In other words, as we're going to show today, not only don't they work, but they're negative effective. They make you more vulnerable to the virus. The virus itself, thank God, is actually much more attenuated from the previous iteration So that all points to the opposite uh, picture that they're portraying. They're saying, this is pure hell, and you better get the shots. And instead, it's no, it's actually not bad. Um, It's more like a regular flu. And the shots actually make it worse to the extent you're worried about the virus. And to the extent there are a few people that might still have a problem with this virus, we have treatment that they're declaring war on worse than ever. So the COVID fascism has gotten worse. The, the war on treatment has gotten worse. 
Because again, this was never about the virus. This was about control. So the more that they're desperate and their uh, fallacies are exposed, the more they're going to jump all over us to ensure that we do not expose their failure and wake up the people. But what's very interesting is we is we kind of set the tone for this year on a positive note. With every sunset, there's a sunrise. Um, to give you an analogy, it's kind of interesting. I'm watching my kids out of my window now, joyously playing in the snow, because the last couple of years was very mild. We didn't get much snow. My uh, the baby who's not such a baby, she's almost two, uh, probably never really remembered seeing snow, and they're really enjoying it. It was 60 degrees less than 24 hours ago where I am in Maryland. And to, you know now it's snowing. Tonight the wind chill is going to be in the single digits. Look at how quickly things in nature could change. It's all in God's hands. We have no control over that. And look how quickly our predicament with COVID has changed. In what way has it changed? What way is good? What way is still a challenge? We'll get into that today. Our first sponsor of the year to kick it off is Moinkbox. Folks, part of a counter-revolution that we're trying to do, counter-revolution, is separating ourselves from their economy, their system, just like you have big pharma, you have big food. Four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry. We need to support American companies that are mom-and-pop farmers that actually give you healthier, tastier meat, chicken, salmon, you name it, sizzling steaks from Moink Box. I got moinked. I know you, you, you will be too once you sign up. Join the Moink movement today. If you go to moinkbox.com slash conservative right now, listeners to the show get free ground beef for a year if you sign up with their boxes to uh, buy one of their boxes. Um, it's full of whatever assortment of meats and chickens uh, that you want. Um, folks, there's no antibiotics, no preservatives, no garbage added in. The doctors that we have on this show, when they explain inflammation and health and vulnerabilities to COVID, a big part of this is is your diet, and this all ties into the junk that they're feeding us. So again, get the healthiest, tastiest meat if you go to moinkbox.com, M-O-I-N-K-box.com slash conservative. All right. So, you know, one of the observations, again, you know, I have off the bat as we start out this year is that you, you kind of look back at 2020, 2021 to set the table as to where we are. Where are we right now as a nation where each year gets worse than the previous year uh, rather than better? We had three events that really defined the spirit of the age, obviously the most being COVID fascism from March 2020. But we had three three events that changed us from being just a hedonistic, libertine country, you know, bankrupting us with profligate spending, debt, dependency, to becoming an anarcho-fascist state where we literally have no liberties, where it, it, it ushered in a dawn of unrestricted warfare, where basically the left will in, take an issue, create it, 
then respond to it by indulging it to the gates of hell to the point where there's no limit to what they can do, where we're, we have don't even have the veneer of the rule of law anymore, that they could create an agenda out of a certain event and use that to completely transform society, the economy, law, policy up into and including our own bodies. So it was March 2020 was COVID fascism. And now we and we know now it was COVID itself was created by the same people. So we have the double whammy where, you know, they foist the virus upon us and then the response to it with COVID fascism and then block treatment for COVID and we're sandwiched in between the two. Then we had end of May 2020 BLM, George Floyd, where they created another blood libel against Americans, the the racialist agenda, where they use that to dismantle law enforcement in this country. So at the same time, they're ramping up the bio state to basically criminalize us for not, you know, putting a mask on ourselves and injecting ourselves with poison and for actually trying to treat patients if you're a doctor. They dismantled all law enforcement on behalf of you know, their, their agenda and their chosen people. And it, we ended off the year 2020 and 2021 with record homicides in dozens of cities as a result of that. So they indulged it to the gates of hell, literally. That's when they created, we, we, you know, in my whole life since I've been around, we've had racism in this country, um, always against white people, the exact opposite of what they say. But this is when they, they were able to go all out, blatantly. Like, actually, you know, one, one of the many, many missed stories we had between the last two weeks is that molnipiravir, these horrible drugs that they're putting out, they're saying they're going to prioritize for blacks over whites. Literally, just blatantly. And now, sadly, ironically, it actually is worse to get those drugs because they don't work and they're terrible, like we talked about last year. But you get, you get my point. And then the third event, of which we're going to have the anniversary this Monday, uh, this Thursday, I mean, was January 6th of 2021, which we now know the FBI fomented to, you know, they, A, fomented most of it, and then to the extent there were some people that acted a little bit violent, they elicited that reaction by attacking them and then just exaggerating the heck out of it, unrestricted warfare, where you use that to silence people. They had troops marching in Washington forever. They hunted people down across the country that literally never did anything wrong. Or some people, the worst they did was trespassing public property, and they literally treated them like terrorists. Um, to this day, there are people sitting in jail without a trial, and we're going to try to go over that you know, when we have time. So all those three things put together created unrestricted warfare. Okay, where th- there's no rules, no holds barred, there's no outs in an inning, there's no four downs in a football game. They could do whatever they want. And, and that leads us to where we are today, which is we cannot fight back by saying, oh, we're going to be restricted by rules. Now, I want to make something clear. I don't mean to say that I believe in implementing anything we want without rules the same way they do. But what I am saying is when it comes to reversing the outcomes of the policies that they foisted upon us illegally – 
by them violating the rules, we can't be restrained to rules by getting rid of it, which is why with COVID fascism, my point is I support anything that will criminalize the vaccines, that will criminalize masks, private, public, I don't care. Oh, the private sector could do what they want. No, they can't because the reason, the only reason why we've adopted these things is because of the government illegally forcing them on businesses and shutting them down to, to begin with. So now even if you're in a place or an, under a circumstance where there's no direct mandate, but unrestricted warfare, they approve shots, cutting through all the red tape, they absolve them of liability, there is no free market. I would literally, I'm just saying like, I don't think we need to do this and I'm gonna come. I'm gonna be coming out with an agenda this week, probably tomorrow on the post, a list of, you know, and I'm going to do this on other issues too, but a legislative agenda for your legislative session um, on, on COVID fascism. And I want you guys to take a look at those items. And your job for me is going to be to make sure you have someone in your legislature that is proposing a bill that does at least one of those things. And you have a bill that accounts for one of those things. And report back to me, you know, because it's hard for me to monitor all the states at once, but we're going to certainly be covering those state legislatures very closely. Obviously, there's crime, there's illegal immigration, there's culture, there's education, critical race theory. There's a lot to go over, and I'm going to try to come up with an agenda for as many issues as I can. Um, but we start with COVID fascism, obviously, because, again, you can't move beyond that. It has not changed. Just today, they approved a third shot for 12 to 15-year-olds that don't get clinically ill from the virus, that the virus is attenuated, that the virus certainly doesn't respond to it. Actually, I'm wrong. It does respond to the antibodies. It's ADE. It's reverse. And let me tell you that long-term and short-term side effects are worse than we ever thought. As the days go on, both the efficacy and the safety get worse and worse and worse. And everything those at the beginning warned about turn out to be correct. So again, this is why this year has to be the year of the counter-revolution, where we will harness every tool we have, legally, politically, primaries, legislative sessions, in the culture, in your community, to to. Do back to them what they did to us. This is our year of revenge for what they've done to us. And boy, do we deserve and need that revenge because of everything we now see. So what is the state of play? What is the state of play? So let's get to first where we are with the virus, where we are. Um. So, so some things have become clear since we last met two weeks ago. Some things are still a little bit murky. Basically, here's the story. God has smiled upon us. We we ended last year where we had Delta kept getting worse and worse and worse because and the more it got worse, the more they vaccinated. The more they vaccinated with the leaky, you know, uh suboptimal antibodies, the more we were screwed. And we were like, how are we ever, ever going to get out of this? How are we ever going to get out of this? Okay? How are, we, how, how are we going to get out of this morass? This was the nightmare of the Merrick's chickens leaky vaccine theory 
where you're literally going up to the virus with suboptimal antibodies and you're making it worse and worse. And we were seeing that. It was pure hell. I mean, we were dealing with um, you know, t- people in their 20s and 30s having cytokine storms and, and their blood oxygen level dropping. And the war on treatment. God comes and bails us out with Omicron. It's a stupid name. I'm just going to use the name they're using. Where, you know, and I understand SARS-CoV-2 was never isolated, much less a variant. So it's hard to believe and whatever. But from talking to everyone clinically that treats this clinically, from my own observations, helping people get treatment, I could tell you there has been a noticeable difference the last few weeks. And, and it manifests itself in the following way. Basically, it's a cold with a couple more quirks and more flu-like symptoms than a typical cold. So I don't want to call it a rhinovirus. It's, it's some hybrid of a coronavirus cold. There's four of them, by the way, which were always worse than rhinovirus colds, and a flu with a little bit of the signature of a synthetic bioweapon, not so much in the severity, but just in its uniqueness, okay? So what we're seeing is it's very much nasal congestion, which we weren't seeing so much with Delta, very much nasal congestion like a cold, Um, mainly the headache, not really fever. Delta, we're seeing a high fever. Sometimes you'll get a day of low-grade fever, but you feel feverish because you have a headache and chills, but not really fever so much. It's not... It doesn't mean no one's going to get it, but it's not weighted towards that so much. It's the headache. And then not everyone gets this, but these weird body aches that sometimes could be pretty painful for a day that you don't typically get. So that's the bioweapon. It's very synthetic. Um, And the fatigue does seem to last. So an upper respiratory, and we've seen this from several studies from Japan, Hong Kong, uh, others um, that have cultured it. It, thank God, doesn't replicate much in the lungs, upper respiratory, we're not really seeing blood oxygen levels drop. So that is the good news. Really, generally speaking, this has been an amazing blessing, and we're seeing it in the data. Okay, so let me just um, tell you, I'll just give you two, two studies here. Brand new studies, Case Western Reserve, Cleveland, that's a Cleveland University. And the data that they're seeing jives with what we saw from South Africa, from Europe, that it really is fundamentally less pathogenic and it is much, much better. Um, They basically found, they looked at a database of 84.5 million persons in the National U.S. Electronic Health Records database. They found that the Omicron wave relative to Delta wave is four to five times lower in terms of um, hospitalizations for 0 to 17-year-olds, three times lower for 18 to 64-year-olds, two times lower for sixty for above 65-year-olds in terms of the rates of um, emergency department visits and hospitalizations. Comparison of the outcomes from COVID infection in pediatric and adult patients before and after the emergence of Omicron. So again, if you want to look it up, case it's um, the title is Comparison of Outcomes from COVID Infection in pediatric and adult patients before and after the emergence of Omicron. If you want to look up, Google the study. Um, After adjusting for demographics, comorbidities, and all these other factors, they found that 
the risk in Delta of ED visits was less than half. So in other words, it was a four, it was a 15% ED visit rate from Delta. It's 4.55 for Omicron um, hospitalization. So that's admission to the hospital was, was almost 4% for Delta. It's 1.75 for um, Omicron. ICU admission was 0.78% for Delta. It's 0.26%. It's like literally one-third. And mechanical ventilation is went from 0.43% of all cases to 0.07. Wait, did I read that right? 0.07, yes. So that's like literally one-fifth the number of people on ventilators. And again, it makes a lot of sense. It's a very satisfying study based on what we're seeing because it jives with the um, studies of its... Um, you know the pathogenic studies, uh, the the pathophysiology of the actual pathogen. It's fundamentally an upper respiratory. So, in other words, you know you have to really find older and sick people to get the blood oxygen level dropping. And to the extent it does, it's not going to be as severe and as quick and as enduring and as hard to deal with. So, hence, you know, as you go down the severity rungs, the percentage drop is going to be even stronger. So to the extent you'll have people that are, um, you know, need some nasal cannula, you know, it's going to be much fewer people needing, you know, uh, mechanical ventilation. And children under five, the overall risk of ED visits and hospitalizations um, were significantly lower and, you know, went down the rung from there. That's, that's Case Western. Another study, so, so also we know fewer London COVID patients needs hospital ventilation. This is from uh, UK Daily Telegraph. The share of those on ventilators in London, um, I don't know if this is in the ICU or in the hospital in general among COVID patients, dropped from 20% to less than 8%. So again, greater than 50% drop. Um, a South African study, if you want to Google it, decreased, the title is Decreased Severity of Disease During the First Global Omicron Variant uh, COVID-19 outbreak in a large hospital in Tishal, Tishwane, South Africa, T-S-H-W-A-N-E, South Africa. It's the title. I'm just reading from the conclusion. Deaths and ICU admissions were 4.5% versus 21.3%. Um, and 1% versus 4.3% respectively. So it's deaths. So, so in other words, basically... Um, basically one-fourth to one-fifth the amount. Unbelievable. I mean, truly, truly unbelievable here. Um, admissions peaked and declined rapidly with peak bed occupancy at 51% of, of the highest previous peak. 63% of patients in COVID-19 wards had incidental covid 63%, meaning they, they were there for a car accident and they just tested positive. Only one-third had COVID pneumonia, of which 72% had mild to moderate disease. The remaining 38% required ICU admission. Fewer than half of patients in COVID-19 wards compared to 995 Look at that. F only So usually if you're in 
the hospital for COVID, you can't breathe. Fewer than only 45% were on even any, even like, you know, just nasal cannula, whereas before it was 99.5%, which is obvious. City and provincial rates show decoupling of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. Meaning, the point is the data is very, very strong, enduring. Um, they're also saying another thing in the South Africa study, length of hospital stay was cut from 8.8 days to 4 days. Um, so un- unbelievable. Really, really, I mean, you you see it. It's fundamentally on all levels, like five levels down from Delta. Delta was worse than the previous strain. This is better, much better than the original strain and certainly Delta. This is a blessing from God, just like the weather goes from 60 degrees to 10 degrees, 24 hours. Only God could help us and God has bailed us out. It is significant. So I just want to say this. When you see these stories now of hospitals being flooded and they're using Omicron as an excuse to do stuff that they didn't do during Delta, reinstate mass mandates, be be fascist, one of three things is going on and it could be a mixture of both. Either um, they're straight up lying. Either, you know, most of these are incidentals because you're going to have the problem if it's a cold and it spreads so widely. Because, again, this the, the reason why it's less of a problem is because it stays in your nasal pharynx. If it's in your nasal pharynx as opposed to your lower respiratory, well, it's going to be more transmissible. So it's a blessing in disguise. It's a seesaw. It's more transmissible as it usually becomes less virulent. So you're going to have so many, if you test a hospital, I mean, yeah, 10% of the population in a given neighborhood is going to have Omicron at a given time. Oh, the hospital is flooded with Omicron. No, they're all incidental. Um, When they say kids are there, that's really bull because to the extent you had a very small number of kids that went to the hospital for COVID, now it's really, really down. So that's, that's a complete lie. So the other option is they're there because Everyone's getting the booster shots and all the kids are getting their initial shots. They're there because of the vaccine and they're counting them as COVID. It's some mixture of that. Oh, and by the way, before Omicron came, Delta was pure hell. It was getting worse and worse and worse. So some of them, the people that were there because the hospitals were starting to fill up from Delta. So the ones that are still there are from, the, you know, that they got the original Delta. And um, but the new people are getting getting Omicron. So that is the blessing that God did for us. Now, what does that mean practically before we get into the politics, code of fascism, just in terms of treatment? Let me just give over to you the best I'm seeing from different doctors that I speak to. Okay, so number one is the betadine nasal and mouth irrigation is the best thing imaginable because if it stays in your upper respiratory, do it. You know, what we've learned is, like, I'm, I'm getting a sore throat now. My entire family got the flu. Um, my wife, her vitamin D level is now in the 70s, so she got it the least relative to the kids. The kids get the flu and spread it. They got influenza A. Um, and my wife had, like, a half a day of fever from it. Um, and I've, like, you, I could tell it keeps holding it back. Like, the throat would come, and then I would, like, bomb away with stuff. Goes back. So, like, you know, I'm doing even more than my wife does. So, you know, I'll probably get, I, you know, it's hard to imagine I won't get something from this this week. But, uh, and that's another thing. The flu is back. So the flu, depending on the state, uh, the flu is very prolific. Colds are very prolific. So Omicron is almost hard to tell. But I'm, what I'm telling you, it has more of a headache, sometimes body aches. 
Um, there are some people that are still losing their taste, but not smell. It's kind of weird. That, that's what we're noticing. Um, so that's kind of how you distinguish it at, at the front end. But again, you 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 shoot uh, 3% betadine, um, uh, sorry, no, 1% betadine solution up your nose. Um, in your mouth, you don't even need to use distilled water. You could take sink water, just color it with it. You know, I know some people find it gross, but it really doesn't have much of a taste. Obviously, you don't swallow it, deep, deep gargle, spit it out, and then use regular mouthwash to get it out. There's new studies that came out last week, phenomenal, phenomenal data on that. And again, it's not a serious virus, but I would recommend it if you feel you're getting the onset of a cold in your throat. Who needs a cold? You know, it will really truncate the um, duration and and mitigate some of the severity of your sore throat and the cold that you're going to get. So everyone, universally, all the doctors, they're very, very high on um, the – they're very bullish on the effectiveness of the betadine for your nose and your mouth for Omicron and really, really any respiratory pathogen you're going to get in the winter. Now, I should say that I, I, I just do want to warn, if you have a thyroid condition, I don't really understand it, but but the doctors recommend Dr. Henson. He's a ear, nose, throat doctor, um, and others have said that as well. Um, it's Peter McCullough did a one-pager on this. You should stay away from that and instead use hydrogen peroxide um, what uh, Henson recommends is, you know, if someone's sick in your family or you think you're getting something, you're incubating something, put uh, 3% um, uh, food grade hydrogen peroxide in the nebulizer, put the mask on and, you know, blow it into your whole system, eyes, ears, and nose, and it will it will kill everything in there. Um, if you find, you know, some people might find 3% a little bit too obnoxious, you could dilute it a little bit with uh, distilled water, Um you know, I just recommend distilled water or saline just because if you're anything you're doing with your nose, if you use sink water, you can get a sinus infection. Mouth is fine. So that's what that. Now, I know the 800-pound gorilla in the room, a lot of people, you're going to ask me, okay, Daniel, what about everything else? What about the hydroxy, the ivermectin, the steroids, the, you know, everything else we're trying to do, all the vitamins, the aspirin, all, all the protocols? So I'm going to try to have doctors on this week to give you a better sense of that. Um, it's a little bit murky. Well, Daniel, isn't it just a cold? Okay. Here, here's the problem. Here, here's, here's the problem what we're seeing. Um, it's hard to tell where Delta is still lurking. The overwhelming majority of cases are Omicron, but you know it's a big country and it might vary. And we know that the CDC jumped the gun and they got rid of, they, they said, oh, it's Omicron. They got rid of the monoclonals. They were so quick to get rid of them when there was still Delta circulating. And I talked to you about some cases that were clear to me that were Delta. Some people are getting Delta. So you got to be a little bit careful there. That's the one thing. I, I don't want to sit and tell you guys. I'm, I'm going to be, our protocol, because we kept upping it because Delta was hell and it was getting worse and worse. Um, it, it's definitely overkill for Omicron. But the problem is it's hard to know. I, I gave you the signs of you know generally being able to tell, but, but sometimes it's hard to know. That's number one. Now, people with comorbidities and are older, look, you know, you are, you know, the, the ICU rates, the death rates are one-fourth, one-fifth, but it still registers. You know, it's not like a rhinovirus. It is... At the end of the day, it is a bioweapon. It is synthetic. And, you know, 
some of the coronavirus colds, I mean, HCoV-43, a lot of people believe it started out as the Russian flu in 1889. There is a theory behind that. And now it's one of the beta coronaviruses. It's four, there's two alpha, two beta coronavirus colds. Uh, we, you know, we've never paid attention to it, but, you know, it has killed frail people before, coronavirus colds. So, you know, it's worth using the research that we've gained to try to, you know, certainly if you're more at risk, I think you should still go with the protocols. But the question is, what about people not at risk? It's hard to know. And it's a judgment call. It is a judgment call. Um, so I don't know exactly what to tell you guys. It's very murky and still in flux. But it's it's funny how they were so alacritous to get rid of the monocle. Oh, they don't work. They won't work. Well, why not at least try it? First of all, we don't know it 100% doesn't work against Omicron, especially the GSK, if not the Regeneron, but certainly the GSK. And uh, and and but but some people, if they're getting it bad, it might be it might be Delta. And we now know confirm those those two weeks that they ended and it still ended the monoclonals where I am in Maryland. People absolutely, I'm positive they had Delta, and they died. This fat boy Kim Jong Un, he looks like Kim Jong Un. My governor locked down Larry Hogan. That asshole got three shots. Three, gets COVID, gets COVID. Okay, well, you could get it, Daniel, but you won't get it seriously. Really? He got the monoclonals, and th- that that demonstrates he was scared. He wasn't relying on, why are you getting the monoclonals? I thought the shots can't, uh, you know, you, you get the shots, you can't get seriously ill. And believe me, I'd love to be a fly on the wall with his doctor. I guarantee you that wasn't the only thing he was prescribed. I'm sure he was given an antibiotic, if not ivermectin and some other stuff, steroids. And then two days later, the Maryland Department of Health puts out a notice, shut up, get the shots, and we're suspending the monoclonals because uh, they don't work. That is genocide. Because, folks, if the monoclonals don't work, do you know what else doesn't work? The shots. If, 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 see, the monoclonals are better. You're putting the antibodies right in them rather than indirectly having your body preemptively produce a spike in the whole thing. I mean, if, if, if putting the, the antibodies right in your body doesn't work, then certainly this whole indirect hocus-pocus is certainly not going to work. If the antibodies are outdated, they're outdated. Can you imagine that? The governor, the shots failed him. He gets the monoclonals, and then he tells people, get the shots, and we're suspending the monoclonals. If you don't believe this was genocide until now, you better believe it. They were so quick to get rid of them. But anyway, this is what we're seeing. Um, Again, I'm just going to quote you. I don't know if all doctors agree, but I could say on the record, I was texting with uh, Dr. Flavio from Brazil. Uh, Pierre Corey regards him as the best COVID doctor in the world. And he told me, he does see, um, I, I, he didn't explain it, but based on the way Omicron seems to enter your cells, he sees hydroxy as kind of coming back to the to the bench. Meaning, you know, as, as, as the virus wore on, hydroxy's efficacy kind of waned a little bit, um, but he sees it actually being a bigger player for this. To the extent you need it, make your own judgment. People are like, should I blow my wad? I don't know, whatever. Um now, 7cells.com is still up. Um, that's S-E-V-E-N-C-E-L-L-S.com. Promo code Daniel. That's the coupon. Um, if you want to get um, ivermectin or nitazoxanide, or if you want to get their treatment packet, which has ivermectin, nitazoxanide, 
um, uh, azithromycin and methylprednisolone. That's the best steroid to be used against this. Um, look, if you have Omicron, it's probably overkill, but it's hard to know. It's hard to know what's going to come in the future. We just don't know what other things they're going to release. It's very scary. They're, they're, you know, hopefully we'll get to it later this week, but there is a lot of information that Fauci and the NIH, they're working on other stuff. There's no question they're going to release other stuff on us. So um, unfortunately, they're starting to go after seven cells and states are giving a problem and they have to get recertified. So there are a number of states they don't ship to now. So if you go to the F&Q page, you'll see them. Um, they only ship to like 35 now. Um trying to see what I have here um where is this trying to see what I have here I'm just looking right now they don't ship Texas is there is a big one they don't ship to Texas now they're trying to get that up as soon as possible a lot of southern states unfortunately Louisiana Maryland Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas, Nebraska, Virginia, Massachusetts, Oregon, West Virginia, Michigan, and South Carolina, and Washington, D.C. Um, the other 35, 36 or so, um, they should ship to. So, you know, it, it, the, the, the shipment won't go through if you put in there. So, again, if you're from a different state, try to, if you're from one of the states that don't and you still want to get it, See if you have a relative, a P.O. box in a state that you could get to, you know, close by, drive into, or have them then mail it to you. So, unfortunately, it's a little indirect. Again, I'm not I'm, – I'm just telling you it's there. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm going to try to have doctors on to give advice on on the signs. Um, I'm, I'm not in the position to, to give out such specific medical device, but I wanted to um, – wanted to give you guys a, a basic overview. It truly is a game changer. It truly, truly is a game changer. But rather than saying, oh, thank God it's endemic, just mop, mop up the little remaining seriousness of it with treatment and done. They're doubling down on their war on treatment. They're doubling down on the shots. They're doubling down on the mass. They're doubling down on the fascism, which tells you you're never going to convince them with data, it's not like it's this is as clear as possible the dichotomy. On the one hand, it's very mild. On the other hand, the shots, not only don't they work, they are negative effective. Negative effectiveness. And I'm gonna arm you with all the information. We now have it clear that not only are, are you on the hook for all the injuries, you are more likely to get the virus to the extent you believe it's a problem, this virus, this version of it, you are more likely to get it. It is clear that. It's not that the, the the antibodies aren't recognized. Oh, they're recognized all right. They bind to it. It's a Trojan horse. It's AD. It's antibody disease dependent, dependent disease enhancement. There is now evidence that you are much more likely to get Omicron if you have the shots. And to the extent that there is an element of getting it more seriously, you're more likely to get it more seriously if you um, have the shots. Now... I'm not going to do the panic porn in reverse and say, hey, everyone's going to die from COVID if they have the shots, because I do believe, um, I think the way I would explain it to you is, I believe there is ADE going on in Omicron, but ADE on Omicron is a world of a difference from ADE, viral enhancement on 
Delta because fundamentally it's an upper respiratory, not a lung disease and a blood clotting disease. So, you know, more severe means a worse sore throat, maybe a little bit more chills and fever and headache, a longer lasting fatigue. You don't have to worry about that you're going to die from it, you know, and your blood oxygen level is going to drop. But again, I just want to don't don't rely on that. It's hard to know how much delta is still circulating. It's not zero, put it that way. It is still around. And it's just very hard, it's very fluid and we don't have good data, we don't have a good, you know, sense on it. So I don't want to be like them, you know, they get rid of the monoclonals. No, I think we should still try to be vigilant. Um, for what is going on while still recognizing that, thank God, this is, you know, just really attenuated. I'm going to give you a bunch of data points. So let, let's go back to Dr. Fauci. May 16th, 2020, he told us, when you get vaccinated, you not only protect your own health, that of the family, but also you contribute to the community health by preventing the spread of the virus throughout the community and in other words, you become a dead end to this virus. So when a lot of people say, oh, we never said it stops, that it just reduces illness, that is a lie, a complete lie. They absolutely promised. He used a strong term. He said it is a dead end for the virus. As we well know, the virus spread worse than it ever did after the vaccines. Okay, here's negative efficacy for you. Some of you might have seen this over the break. This came out last week. The Robert Koch Institute, one of the most respected uh, scientific institutes in Germany, they've, they've done a lot of publications on COVID. They had a sample of, it's not huge, but 4,200 Germans infected with Omicron or suspected Omicron. 96% of all Omicron cases were vaccinated. And a quarter of them had boosters too. What is the baseline um, background uh, you know, the, the background uh, the vaccination rate is about 70, 71% in Germany. So 70% are vaccinated. Well, so in other words, let me, let me put it another way. The unvaccinated compose about 30% of the population, but just 4.4% of Omicron. Negative effectiveness right there. Let's move on. In general, throughout Canada, we're seeing um, Omicron rates among the vaccinated outpace their share of the population. But in Ontario, if you look at Ontario Post's this data, Omicron among vaccinated is outpacing the unvaccinated by 28% right now. Um, and, and it's rapidly decoupling, so it's getting more every day. Denmark, 89.7% of Omicron cases are fully vaccinated, so somewhat similar to Germany. Um, just 8.5% are among the unvac unvaccinated, but 22% of the country is unvaccinated. Okay? Now, even for the non-Omicron variants in Denmark, if you look at the latest Danish data from the Staten's Serum Institute, um, even among the non-Omicron variants, it was still just 23.7% of all cases. So now that's roughly their share. But here's the deal, folks. What I'm going to tell you is, and this is very important, Omicron does seem to have mainly hit younger people. Now, why that's true is unclear is just because the old people are now scared again. They're not going out and they're not around people. Or does this have more of an affinity for younger people? But 
so when you look at the, you know, when you're trying to compare, okay, what's the rate of the people vaccinated and what's the rate of percentage of vaccinated people getting Omicron, you have to keep in mind it's mainly hitting the younger people. So if anything, there's even more negative efficacy than the top lines would would uh, indicate because there is a larger share pool of unvaccinated people among the, the main population that Omicron is hitting. Um, next data point. If you go to the UK data, this is straight up there. Not only are the vaccinated more likely to contract uh, Omicron, but there's now growing evidence that they're more at risk to be hospitalized from it. Again, very low hospitalization rate, but to the extent they are, it's more if you're vaccinated. Um, and I'm definitely seeing this anecdotally. I'm definitely seeing this. That to the extent people get it more seriously, it's more the vaccinated people. Um, the UK continues to put out quality data every week. The UK Health Security Agency, they have what's called an Omicron Daily Overview. So if you Google UK's Health Security Agency Omicron Daily Overview, uh, by the time you hear this, they'll probably have the January 3rd, but this is the last one from uh, December 31st. Just 25% of total Omicron hospitalizations were um, 25% were unvaccinated. Now, that's roughly on par with their share of the population. It's about 25% unvaccinated. But again, Dr. Abdi Mahmud, he's the WHO's incident manager for COVID, he said he actually said last week, he said blatantly that it hasn't really hit the elderly yet. It's mainly younger people getting Omicron. So again, I just want to note, that's why if you do have an elderly person, comorbidities, I would go with the full treatment because we don't know yet. They're definitely less at risk, but it's all relative. You know, oh, you know, Delta might have totally killed them, so this might get them, you know, clinical level illness, and you want to obviously avoid that. Um, but page twenty, if you look at page twenty-one of the UK's um, latest vaccine surveillance report, I believe it's week fifty-one, fifty-two. Um, there's between thirty-two to forty percent of people under 40, depending on the age cohort, are unvaccinated. So it's 25, the unvaccinated account for 25% of hospitalizations, but they're like more like 32 to 40% of the population in those age groups. So again, that indicates some degree of negative efficacy. And we are seeing that in a, in a Delhi hospital in Delhi, uh, India. They reported in the Indian Express that 33 of 34 people in the hospital there were, unvac- were vaccinated Two of them had boosters, and that's very telling because um, India, as you well know, uh, does have less than 50% vaccination rate. They have a much, much lower rate than Europe and the U.S., and 33 out of 34 were hospitalized, and I'm definitely seeing that. Finally, and I'm trying to, you know, we're running out of time. I'm trying to give all this to you, catch up on things. There's an unbelievable study. So not only was it criminal to give those that had prior infection the shot, right? Because they had immunity and it could only be a risk. Um, there was a lot of evidence from several studies that that because their system is primed already for the spike, it's like lighting a match where there's gas and they're actually more likely to get serious reactions to the shot having had prior infection, but that it erases their immunity. We saw this in the, um, the Mount Sinai study... Um, what do you call it? The Mount Sinai study 
in New York and from last March, they noticed this very early on that the second dose of the vaccine, quote, determines a contraction of spike-specific T-cell responses. They also found um, that... Uh, the second vaccination dose appears to exert a detrimental effect in the overall magnitude of the spike-specific humoral response in COVID-19 recovered individuals. We also saw UK Public Health of England said that it slides back your nucleocapsid, your N antibodies. So, and, and then anecdotally, we started to notice more incidents of reinfection among those with prior infection that got the shot subsequently as opposed to those who didn't. So it actually Orwellian, in an Orwellian fashion, slides back your natural immunity, okay? Slides back your natural immunity. Now, to be clear, the study I'm going to quote to you right now from Bangladesh that is the first of its kind that studied, quantified how many people get reinfection compared to, so the two cohorts are prior infected with the shot, prior infected without the shot. I'm going to give you those numbers in a minute. But I just want to tell you guys that this was pre-Omicron. Omicron, clearly you can get it again. Now, I I think it's probably still less likely. There's a degree of effectiveness to prior infection. And I'm sure it it, it certainly, if you get it, shows up on some degree of you know, ameliorating symptoms, although, you know, to begin with, it's not such a serious infection, so it's kind of hard to tell, like, this degree of sore throat, this degree of chills, and, you know, on headache and fever, you know, we're not dealing with serious pulmonary blood clotting, so it's hard to tell, um, so this is pre-Omicron, but certainly, but the point is, it only enforces the point that for Omicron, certainly, you have negative effectiveness, not just if you didn't get the shot, the prior infection, but even with prior infection, it screws up your immunity. Now, to be clear, most people won't won't get it again. But to the extent they found reinfections, here's what they found. Throughout the country, in their study of, I forgot how many thousands of, tens of thousands of people, they found 404 people reinfected with COVID. And they studied... I think maybe 40% had the shot, 60% did it. So when they adjusted your risk ratio for if you had the shot to not having the shot, you are 2.45 times more likely to get reinfected with a mild infection if you had the shots versus just having prior infection without them. You are 16.1 times more likely to get moderate infection, moderate reinfection, as opposed to those with the shots, and 3.9, almost four times more likely to suffer a severe reinfection than those who didn't get the shots. That is unbelievable. Now, again, to be clear, in absolute terms, they're still relatively rare. Generally, your immunity holds up, but if you keep freaking shooting people up, you're not just going to harm them with all the side effects, and and we're going to get into that Tomorrow, we're going to have a show. We're going to get into more of that. There's a lot of news on that. Cancers, autoimmune diseases, the reproductive, uh, the stillborns. It's, it's horrible, the, the news that has come out the last few weeks. It's, it's, it's worse than my worst nightmare, um, heart ailments. But not only does it, it work against the vaccine, but it's negative effective against the vaccine and will even potentially slide back your natural immunity. Unfreaking believable folks unfreaking believable it is orwellian you know six months ago was kind of murky it had you know it, it damaged you god knows the long-term effects 
you know, suppresses your immune system for the first few weeks, wears off eventually. But there was a window of a few months where it certainly didn't stop infection, probably made it more likely you get COVID, but it was less serious. So when someone was elderly, it was it's hard to tell. Like if people come to me, should you get the shot? Now I will tell you blatantly, nobody should get it. And the reason I could say that because they're all piggybacking off of old data. Henceforth, it doesn't work against Omicron. You're almost for sure going to get it. Everyone I know that got a booster within two weeks, they got COVID. It's all treatment. And instead, and this is really what's going to be the final part of the show where we are in treatment, but um, I don't have time to get into the treatment, but they're declaring war. They're, they're, they're going after doctors for prescribing. It's horrible. The NIH updated its table 2E where they said ivermectin. They put ivermectin and azoxan on the same playing field as remdesivir. Now they go and, um, you know, they, they, they put no remdesivir is approved. These aren't. And they took off the generally well-tolerated. I told you to screenshot it, and I still do. I said they were going to change it once we brought it up. They did. That's how, that's how dangerous these people are. Um, look back if you haven't seen my columns at the Blaze. I did not take off, by the way, a single day. I mean, except for New Year's itself, Christmas itself. Um, but, you know, aside from that, I was, I was working the whole time. I still have a bunch of columns. If you, you know, you go to the Blaze, click on my, my byline, you could see them. I have a whole article on it's not just the 20% kickback they get for remdesivir. They get about $20,000 from the government per patient because typically Medicare only covers um, uh, 70% above the uh, 30000 but they don't cover the first 30000 of cost. Now, if you use remdesivir, they'll cover 65% of your first 30000 for every patient, whatever the care is. So that's going to be all your COVID care. Malcare, I must say, and then all the incidentals that they, you know, bill as COVID when they're really there for kidney stone or whatever. So, you know, there's that. Um, so we're we're gonna get into that more. Um, it it is it is literally a worse genocide than you could imagine. Um I didn't get to this today, but we have the news from Indiana. Um one of the oldest life insurance companies there. This is very telling. Remember I told you guys that they can't hide all-cause mortality. We don't know how many people died from the shots, but we'll eventually find out from all-cause mortality. And one of them is life insurance companies, actuarial rates. One America is an Indiana-based life insurance company that's been around since 1877. The CEO... Scott Davidson, uh, get, you know, he had a press conference and he revealed that the death rate among 18 to 64 year olds, so non seniors, but it does rope in a little bit at the upper bounds, the middle age cohort that could be vulnerable to COVID. Death, the death rate is up 40 percent. He said 10 percent is catastrophic. This is four times above catastrophic. It's a once in a lifetime event. Some of it is due to COVID, but. We're talking about under 65-year-olds. And he admitted that most of it is not COVID. And at that same press conference, Brian Tabor, the president of the Indiana Hospital Association, spoke. And he said that Indiana hospitals are flooded with patients, quote, with many different conditions. And they, they said blatantly that it's not due to COVID. So, folks, what... Elijah, the prophet, said to Ahab, have you killed and have you inherited? They kill and then inherit it. They're like, they, they, they go and get people in the hospital because of the, the vaccine injuries, 
and then they count it as as COVID Omicron because it's a blessing from God because it's so prolific but so mild like a cold, and then and then they count that and 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 induce more panic and say because of that we need to put masks on you and and more, more clot shots on you. It is truly sick. Indeed, these injections are a med- medical miracle, as Ben Shapiro says. You know, he says the shots are a medical miracle. I agree with him. Oh, they're a miracle, all right. In terms of what they've done, <laughs> slides back your natural immunity, causes all sorts of things, screws up your body. Yeah, pretty negative efficacy. Pretty, pretty brilliant uh, medical miracle there. Um, folks, look, I didn't even get to half of what I wanted to get to. So hard to fit this in all in our first show. Um, I do want to end off today with one thing before I forget. I want to plug texascoviddoctor.com. Remember I told you I wanted, a lot of you have benefited from the services, often free services of Dr. Eric Henson, the ear, nose, throat doctor, head, neck surgeon. Um, that has been, he has literally saved so many people for me. Uh, he, he, he he just treated my my brother-in-law and sister, um, I, I think they had Omicron, but you know he he threw the kitchen sink in, and you know they did very well. Um, he and, and I noted that we started a five hundred one c three. It's called Hope Clinic USA, where the main cost is not so much the telehealth that he does, but the charitable care he does when people come into. Remember, he's a specialist. You know, <laughs> he's not supposed to be doing this. People that aren't even his patients, they come in. Blood oxygen levels low. Um, we have to pay for the oxygen, the vitamin C infusions, the medications that a lot of people can't afford. Um, the ozone machine he has now. We want to get him a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, um, which costs at least twelve thousand dollars. We want to hire another nurse. So we have a give send go page on. We 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 raised about twenty thousand dollars. But I'm folks. I'm going to ask you to give like you've never given before. I've never felt stronger about this man. This man has lost his career. Has been punished for treating. Um, I've never met such a righteous man in my life. He was my 2021 man of the year. So it's te- TexasCovidDoctor.com. It's a give send go page. It's the Christian um sharing page. Give send go. You could Google give send go Eric Henson, but we wanted to give it a URL: TexasCovidDoctor.com to donate generously. Um, and look, you know, let's say, you know, serious COVID goes away, then we're going to be doing this for, um, long COVID. A lot of people have long COVID need to be treated. He's treating that. And then we're, we, you know, we, we could, we could do for other ailments. This is the model we need. Um, now this is more charitable care. It's a 501c3. He's not going to make money off of it. This is just to literally, right now he's paying for, He's paying for the care. He's literally paying. So this is just to you know recoup it, allow him to hire a nurse, allow him to help more people. Um, but what we hope this will eventually become um, is is a model where you have a network of doctors in fifty states having clinics that actually treat other ailments with science and compassion. We're being lied to about cancer. Henson is a huge expert on cancer. He does cancer surgeries, um, and there's better ways of dealing with most cancers than we do. So this is going to be the biggest liberty issue, the the right to medical freedom, the right to healthcare access, um, not not to free stuff, but to contract with a doctor for a reasonable price, cash, you know, year yearly annual fees. That's what the what what probably needs to happen. 
have a network, not just of primary care, but eventually specialists. Because the whole problem is that these doctors can't afford the, um, it's hard to compete with with the with the hospitals and the specialties because they don't have the, the equipment is so expensive that you need. But if you could pull resources together and you have the Freedom Doctor Network in all fifty states, and if you you know you you become an annual member, so maybe you'll have your primary doctor, but you'll have you know one cardiologist that's associated with each of these, and one you know pulmonologist and one uh, you know endocrinologist, whatever. Maybe you have a, a urgent care that's affi- affiliated, so you go to them and you could really ditch your insurance eventually. And instead, you pay an annual fee. This is my dream. Again, it has nothing to do with our Hope Clinic. But again, TexasCOVIDDoctor.com. Let's fight back. No one else is going to do it but ourselves. God took care of COVID, hopefully, for us. But COVID fascism and taking back our country, that's for us to do. I'm looking forward to an even more productive year with you guys. We're going to focus on the primaries. We're going to focus on the legislative sessions. We're going to focus on the best science of medical care for COVID and other things. We're going to continue having doctors on. We're going to focus on the truth of the shots that's still going on and what we need to do to fight back against them. Pfizer needs to be made a a worse of a four-letter word than Planned Parenthood is. If you have a Republican running and they don't believe Pfizer is worse than Planned Parenthood, Do not vote for them. Um, That is going to become a litmus test. But I need you guys to spread the word. I need you guys to get this show to everyone. Subscribe on iTunes, wherever you subscribe. Send this show. This is your homework. No one is going to get this hour presentation I just gave to you. You're not going to hear this elsewhere. Very different type of show. And yes, we are going to get into other issues as well, hopefully. Um, But, you know, again, this is still the most emergent issue. So we're going to start and lead with this as we ended the last year. Let's have a productive year together. Let's get this done. Welcome to the revolution. Revolution.